0: Leader Talks NI, insights from Northern Ireland business leaders, brought to you by Corvus People.
1: It's a more robust way of truly understanding how good an individual and an organisation are going to be as a fit. And as I said, there's there's a terrific amount of momentum can be built through having a really strong culture and it creates that sense of team recognize that as a leader you bring the tone, the mood, the presence, the focus. In 2024 the workplace has become so much more sophisticated now in terms of people's expectations. Oh there's there's been a real change um, in terms of the, the trends and what organizations are looking for. Organizations are going to be looking for people who can demonstrate a commitment to continuous learning and development. Uh, because the the pace of change is getting quicker.
0: Hi, my name's Michelle Cairns, and this is the LeaderDocs NI series, and this is a weird one. I'm actually going to do a podcast with Ian Weatherup. Ian, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, I'm Ian Weatherup, um, Managing Director and Founder of Corvus People.
0: So this is brilliant because actually I know Ian really well, so this is going to be a really interesting question um, that I probably know the answer to. But for everybody listening, give me an overview of your career journey leading to your current role. Uh,
1: yes, this is quite unusual, I have to say, given we've known each other for 25 plus know, years. It's 25 odd so.
0: years. It's odd being the operative word at this yes, point.
1: It, uh, so yes, hopefully I have something something you haven't heard before that would be good in terms of my career journey to date i studied business and it at uni uh, knew that it was, wasn't keen to, uh, to to get into software development definitely wasn't my skill set uh, so i took the decision to go traveling actually after university so i traveled australia new zealand and the states and asia for a couple of years uh, before coming back to uh, to ultimately back to belfast and um, ended up getting a job in a recruitment company, um, so it was kind of an unplanned move. It was as much to keep harmony and peace uh, at home, having been missing in action for the last six years. Uh, so my, uh, my, my first job was, was as a recruitment consultant, they actually phoned me and said, "Oh, we have a job for you. And I said, oh great, who's it with? And they said, oh, it was actually with us. So I said, right, great. So I did that for a couple of years before uh, moving over to Scotland in the mid-90s and I worked, um, I was a sales manager for an IT company there until 1998 uh, and 1998 returned to Northern Ireland and uh, that was when I actually was co-founder of the first IT recruitment company in Northern Ireland Um, and the reason that, you know, we set it up was because we spotted a real gap in the marketplace. IT was was becoming a, a you know really hot industry. Uh, nobody was dedicated to it, and we saw there was an opportunity to have a real specialism uh, in the marketplace. Uh, and that went on to be a, a terrific success in terms of market share, in terms of the quality of the clients that we worked with, and the reputation that we built up. Uh, so that's that was really the, the you know reason behind the inception of, uh, of my, you know my first business
0: and what you know in terms of the motivation that you have yourself to to start business because obviously that was your first business Corvus is your second business what was the story behind the inception of, of Corvus yeah Corvus uh
1: was set up by myself and my business partner Julie Skates and very sadly, Julie is no longer with us, but uh, Julie and I had worked together for a year or so and we'd spotted uh, an opportunity to set up a, a recruitment company that was very different to the marketplace. We both came from bigger businesses where it was about volume and we had a view that um, there was a real gap basically in the market around providing a higher level of quality. So providing, you know, clients with, with better details in terms of candidates, spending more time for candidates and uh, being more thorough in terms of our approach. And we did that now, it's, it's uh, you know, 13 years ago, we set the business up uh, and our, our, you know, our core value from day one in the business was always do the right thing, which remains still, you know, most sort of prominent of our values today. And uh, we we really had that, uh, you know, it was almost that, that Jerry McGuire approach and not the show me the money piece, but more around the aspect of, you know, spending time with people and you know, really getting to understand them, learn you know about them as a business, learn about them as an individual. and um, We find that made a you know a, a real USP or differentiator for us in the marketplace.
0: And what was for you in your career? What was a pivotal moment that significantly influenced your approach to leadership?
1: I think I mentioned Julie Skates um, uh, and it was uh, sadly around the time uh, whenever Julie was unwell and uh, before Julie passed and uh, she had stepped out of the business and at that point um, I joined Vistage which is a CEO MD coaching and peer advisory organisation and that was back in 2014 Uh, and it helped me understand the importance of getting the balance between running a business and creating a culture of continuous learning um, providing support uh, and you know the ability to see the whole see the whole person and you know getting that balance as well for not just for me but for the whole team around it's not a just it's not just about work but it's about as i say the whole person and that is you know health and well-being which you know plays into a lot of the you know the dynamics around uh you know uh, Welfare and and uh, and looking after people, and that's from a you know physical and health perspective as much as it is from a, a commercial point of view. Um, I think that the big pivotal moment um, is, and there's no pun intended here, is that the moment I learned that as a leader, I bring the weather. So to to recognize that as a leader, you bring the tone, the mood, the presence, the focus, you know, and, and the behaviors that that you know you set. As a leader, in terms of uh, how you turn up every day, really, you know, does impact the rest of your team. And even if you, you know, it took me a while to realise that, um, and I'm still, I'm still learning every day. But uh, that, uh, that that was a really pivotal moment. I think for for you know Julie stepping out of the business, and me joining Vistage, you know, I got a terrific amount for that, and that really set me on a course of ambition to improve our service set um, and to to raise our game in terms of uh, you know, not just being a, another recruitment company because it, recruitment's been brilliant to me it's given me a fantastic career but i always strove and always knew in the back of my mind that there, there was much much more we could be doing in providing um, by way of services um, and that's brought us on a, on a, on a Journey to now the creation of Corvus People, uh, where we now provide executive search services, um, HR for growth services, uh, public sector uh, solutions, and you know still providing tr- traditional recruitment s- solutions. So I think that, that moment, as I say, back in two thousand and fourteen, joining Vestige really has you know charted the course for where we are today.
0: And what strategies do you employ to identify and assess the potential leaders for clients of Corvus?
1: When working with um, individuals we use a four stage process so the first one really is a a softer approach which is you know getting to know them getting to know you know what makes them tick what are their aspirations what are they looking for uh, in a new career opportunity A nice technique I use is is asking people to describe their perfect role on a blank piece of paper, um, you know, to to really get them thinking about what it is that they're looking for and what they'll be looking to, you know, to achieve in a a career move. Um, You know, at that point, then, if we feel that it's, you know, that it's going to be a good fit, we, you know, progress on to a more in depth competency style interview to assess both technical and behavioural styles. Um, and the, the next two steps in are we use two-way psychometric assessments. So that really, you know, it's a deep dive into the cultural fit of how somebody is going to, you know, fit into an organisation and how an organisation likewise is going to fit the individual. Um, and then again, it's with, with um, you know referencing on people, and that's not traditional referencing. That's by referencing across. Uh, you know, suppliers, former customers, you know, former employees, former managers uh, to get a holistic view of the individual.
0: So how important is culture? So people have a skill set, they've got the experiences, they've got the capability. How important is culture?
1: Cultures, uh, for, for most organisations, it's hugely important. You do get the odd outlier organisation and outlier individual who simply just want a person with a set of technical skills to do a job and likewise the odd individual who just wants to go into an organisation, do their job and be left to get on with it. But in 2024, you know, the, the workplace has become so much more sophisticated now in terms of people's expectations and it's a two-way expectation channel uh, between individuals and organisations. Um, you know, people are a lot. You know, I mentioned earlier about the ability to, you know, to research uh, organisations. Um, you know, online beyond just what it says, what they say about themselves. Uh, there's much more opportunity to find out what what other people say about them, which is that piece about what people say about you when you're not in the room. So, culture is hugely important um, in terms of. Uh, Building team unity in terms of having a common purpose and a common goal, in terms of having a moral code book for for the organisation as to what's right, what's wrong, you know, how we do things around here. And as I said, there's a there's a terrific amount of momentum can be built through having a really strong culture, and it creates that sense of team. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, it it's it's, it's it's hard to hard to put it value on it but it is it's it's a massive important to organizations to stop think about their culture you know think about who's displaying the cultures and uh, you know calling out bad but also recognizing and rewarding good
0: and i think this is the one thing you know i suppose it's only an unusual situation because i know what corvis assured is and i know all of the tools that we use but i think from somebody from outside culture is one of those things that it's very difficult to quantify at a senior level with, you know, leadership um, interviews. It's quite difficult to quantify in that situation. So how do you make sure that you get it right?
1: Measuring cultures is it, a real challenge for organisations um, in terms of how somebody is going to be a fit for them and vice versa, how they're going to be a fit for the uh, for the individual candidate. So it was something we wrestled with for Years in all honesty, um, but we, through our Corvus Assured Exec Search methodology, use a two way behavioral assessment. Uh, so it, it's a really powerful tool for us because it, there's there's many really good uh, behavioral assessment tools and psychometric assessment tools out there with insights and Myers breaks, but the, the challenge with them is they're, they're quite one dimensional and you need somebody who's interpreting it then to understand how that person is then going to fit into the culture of the organisation. So when we say we use a two-way behavioural assessment, the client actually does it first and each individual hiring manager uh, does it and uh, we then sit down with them and and work through um, once they've completed it to ensure that there's um, continuity in terms of what they're looking for and also that, that you know, even if they're not perfectly aligned, that they understand what the other person's looking for within the hiring manager team. Uh, And from that, then we create a composite profile, so that's their desired profile, their desired behaviors, or cultural um, attributes that they're looking for. And subsequent to that, then each shortlisted candidate will set a more uh, in-depth version of the same assessment, which is then simply mapped over the first one, which produces a really powerful report you know broken down into um uh, you know really straightforward um action points in terms of how strong a fit the person is uh, areas to probe an interview but even more importantly further developmental considerations in terms of learning styles and how they like to be you know managed how they like to be led so it's a it, you know as part of our overall assured process and probably my f- favorite part of it you know in addition to the video and the, you the competency-based interviews and all the other pieces that we use but for me it's a scientific approach um, and it's a more robust way of truly understanding how good an individual and an organisation are going to be as a fit.
0: And I suppose in some ways that actually is two sides of the same coin because I think when you work on behalf of the clients a client believes that that's the priority, but I think at a senior level, it has to the priority has to sit on both sides that it's a good fit. How do you think our executive process lands with, with candidates? What is the benefit for candidates?
1: I, I think it gives them huge peace of mind, first and foremost, that the end organisation is investing in this as a process as opposed to, as you say, relying on a six person panel interview, which is uh, quite a manufactured environment and it's, it's hard to get a real sense of the, the person in that type of um, interview. So, you know, there's absolutely merits to having that style of interview, but um, if it's taken, you know, in isolation, there's, uh, there's the potential for gaps in it. But the, you know, from a, a senior client perspective, or senior candidate, pardon me, perspective, as I said, it's it's the the assurance that they get that, firstly, that the organisation are investing in this as a process, but secondly, that they're getting to see if the organisation are gonna be a fit for them. You know, senior candidates, you know, career management is uh, absolutely fundamental for them. So the more confidence that they can get uh, about an organisation, the, uh, the better that they, the outcome is likely to be for them. So it just takes, takes some of the guesswork out of the process for them.
0: And for you, sort of, Corvus is what, 10 years old at this point, And I still can't quite believe it's 2024, but that's another story completely. So, what was the light bulb moment? What was sort of probably the most influential moment in that 10 year journey?
1: The most influential moment for us was when we created a really rudimentary consultancy calculator because from speaking to friends and i will say good friends uh, who said we we, we just hear, all we hear is noise we're bigger we're better we have more cvs we have you know offices here there and everywhere and it, it really struck me that, that people were just, there was so much noise nobody could hear each other. Friends really struggled mm-hmm. and you know, other business owners that I knew to differentiate between, from one recruitment company to another. Uh, and it was at that point there was a real drive and I mentioned that the recruitment consultancy calculator and the idea behind it was instead of being order takers and working in a transactional manner is to truly become a business partner and provide real consulting services and expertise that we've built up through you know, we have a wonderful team in Corvus with decades of experience and it was finding a way to harness that which really that was the, that was the light bulb moment for us which ultimately led to the creation of the, the Corvus Assured methodology and subsequently then to you know, the HR for Growth Services.
0: And it's interesting, actually, because I had a conversation with somebody I knew pretty well over a long time, and we were just talking about recruitment in general, and it's, you know, a lot of recruitment is rinse and repeat, you know, it's different day, same process. But that isn't the case in Corvus, you know, I can testify to it over, over the last five years, but um, what's the biggest thing you've learned in the last 10 years?
1: Biggest thing I've learned in the last ten years is you need you need to keep learning every day. Yeah, you know it's it's just such a fast moving uh, business environment that we're all operating in, and you know even beyond that in terms of you know sort of cultural expectations and there, there's so many things that that are are you know so many moving parts right now you know relying on what we did last year last week or even yesterday isn't going to be good enough you know if we take the recruitment part of our business there's very few poor bad recruitment organizations out there everybody's pretty good everybody's (laughs) access largely to the same um, tools it's it's how you use them and it's having that appetite and that desire to keep on you know wanting to improve what you do and Better yourself, and uh, that uh, you know that the, the ability to bring a team into enthuse and evangelise and you, you know build a, you know the next generation of, of leaders really is all important.
0: And what is the most memorable success story for you in terms of where you helped a client find somebody exceptional, an exceptional leader? Um, and what made that particular placement different or exceptional? Or can I say exceptional? once well, more in the scene? I'll just go for exceptional again.
1: <laughs> the most memorable placement I think would have been the, the first time we recruited in the, the United States. And we were working with a, a tech firm there. Um, and they've been looking to recruit a particular position for a year. Uh, Their internal team had done a great job and got somebody to offer stage. Unfortunately, they declined um, and they were completely back to the drawing board. And they brought us in to to, to look at the assignment on their behalf using our Course Assured methodology. And we subsequently got three people down to the the final stage, including the person who declined the role (laughs) a year uh, previously or just previously. Um, and using the behavioral assessments, we actually worked out that they really weren't a good cultural fit for the business. Um, and we placed a, a, a candidate who's actually from Brazil into the role, uh, the post was in Texas, uh, it was a director level role, and it was creating a major logjam in their business, which was causing real pain points for them. Uh, and I actually met him when he came over to, to Belfast there a few months ago for lunch he's absolutely flying the business to love him he's been subsequently promoted now and it was real satisfaction from from two or three different perspectives one the fact that it was in the states two the fact that we solved a real problem for this uh, this business and it's it's made them significantly more efficient and uh, you know profit generating which is which is wonderful to see and three, from a, a candidate perspective that, you know, they were able to move their family from Brazil to the States. And, you know, it, it's just with a real sense of genuine pride that I look back on that because uh, I think it helps define us as a, as a company, but also, um, it, uh, you know, seeing the impact that it made for that individual and also for the, for the business.
0: What emerging trends do you see in the qualities, the skills, that organizations are looking for in terms of future le- leaders i mean has that changed over the last sort of three five years
1: oh there's, there's been a real change um, in terms of the, the the trends and what organizations are looking for ethical and social awareness are so important now digital literacy and tech, technical acumen are, are paramount as well you, you, if you look OpenAI, ChatGPT, there's going to be major changes um, coming through pretty much every industry and every organisation. So it's the ability to, you know, to remain tech savvy um, and not be insular in your outlook, but having a a global awareness of what's going on in your your industry and and the world around us. Emotional intelligence has been talked about for years, but I think the ability to have an enhanced emotional intelligence will be will be massively important. Uh, and, you know, you know, tied back to that then, continuous learning and development, you know, so looking, you know, organisations are gonna be looking for people who can demonstrate a commitment to continuous learning and development uh, because the, the pace of change is getting quicker.
0: I suppose that leads me nicely into what would you sort of, what advice would you give as aspiring leaders, people that are maybe at the beginning of their career, what advice would you give them to stand out in today's marketplace?
1: The the advice I would give, whether it's somebody at an early stage in their career or at executive director level in their career, is to take ownership of your own career and your network. This is, treat yourself as your own. PLC or your your own business within a business, I would recommend everybody to have both a mentor uh, within your business who will tell you the good things, but also will be the person that tells you things that you maybe don't want to hear that other people won't tell you. But you also need at least one, if not more, external sponsors who will promote you. Um, you know whether that's internally or externally. Um, but you also need to have a, a growth mindset. You know. To be an authentic leader um, and invest in continuous learning, both professionally and privately. Uh, but the, the key thing is, I think, as I said, is, is treat yourself as your own your own PLC. You know, look after your look after your career. It's other people will help and support you, but you're ultimately the one that owns it.
0: And this is a horrible question because I can obviously answer it myself. But how would your team describe your leadership style?
1: Uh, approachable fair honest supportive
0: and authentic I think we're very I think that's one of the things I would probably add to that list is is a genuine authenticity which is really difficult to say actually but I managed it so there you go so what advice would you give your younger self do you remember back then (laughs) so long ago
1: The advice I would give my younger self would be around that ongoing professional and personal development piece. I feel it's not too late in my my, my career, but if I'd known, you know, what I've learned over the last few years, I think when I was in my early career in recruitment as a business owner, I had people who were were doing the work for me, and it's not that I sat in an ivory tower by any stretch of imagination, but. You know I hadn't had any formal executive education and I was really making it up as I went along. Uh, I think if I had a better peer network who could have helped me to develop and to learn it would have made me a much better leader much sooner. Uh, so I think if I, could, if I could wind the clock back uh, that would be the, the thing I would you know, haven't instilled into myself would have been that uh you know, thirst for knowledge, as opposed to oh well, eat, you you've already become an MD of a business uh, going back to the late nineties, that would be the right thing, that would change
0: Thank you for listening to Leader Talks and I. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Corvis People. Recruit, develop, retain.